Chapter Number Two of Molly Brown's Senior Days by Nell Speed. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. A Troubled Sunday. It was Sunday morning, and Molly had been washing her head. She had spread a towel on the window sill and now hung her hair out of the window that sun and wind might play upon her auburn locks i always heard it was better to dry the hair by the sun than by a fire hot air dries up the natural oils she observed to nance in a muffled voice nance was engaged in the meditative occupation of manicuring her nails as she rubbed them back and forth on a chamois buffer her thoughts were busy in far other fields yes she replied absently to molly's observation i suppose you learned that from judy's new friend she added coming back to her present beautifying occupation she'll be introducing rouge to us next nance went on in a disgusted tone molly smiled and gave her hair a vigorous shake in the breeze in the bright sunlight it sparkled with glints of gold as if a fairy wand had touched it no i didn't really she answered i read it on the beauty page of a sunday paper but i knew it anyhow instinctively before i read it do you think her hair is naturally red asked nance punching the dull end of her orange stick into a sofa cushion with unusual force i suppose lots of people ask the same question about mine molly answered evasively never nance asserted hotly i don't know much about the subject but i do know that no dyes have ever been invented that could imitate the color of your hair how do you know it nance dear well because so many people would dye their hair that color there would be no more drab browns like mine or rusty blacks or faded tans but nance your hair is lovely it's smooth and glossy and fine and thick has that girl been talking to you about your looks they both have admitted nance they've got me to thinking i'm plain but would be greatly improved if i wore a rat and waved my bang and did my hair in a bunch of curls in the back like jessie but jessie's hair curls naturally put in molly yes of course and mine doesn't it would be a fearful nuisance but one can't help listening to such talk when it concerns oneself you know how judy does run away to things and there is something convincing about adele's arguments she is very bright admitted molly what do you think she wants me to do nance something much worse than crimping there's no telling probably lather your face with that horrible whitewashed stuff called youthful bloom judy was telling us about no worse still she says my face is too thin and that i'm getting lines from nose to mouth she wants me to have it filled nance gave a wild whoop of derision 
can't you see judy kane's head being stuffed with such nonsense until it bursts she cried breaking off suddenly as the door opened and judy herself appeared on the threshold may i bring in a visitor she asked stiffly feeling from the sudden stillness that her own name had been under discussion nobody likes to have her name bandied back and forth even between intimate friends she thought with some indignation but judy's little fly-ups never lasted long and when molly called out hospitably yes indeed delighted and nance said certainly judy her sensitive feelings immediately withdrew into the dark caverns of her mind i brought a friend up to see our rooms judy went on putting special emphasis on friend judy had introduced a new member to the old queen's circle and while that body was only exclusive in the matter of intelligence and good breeding and the new member seemed to meet both requirements still the circle as a whole was not entirely agreeable to judy's latest find the new girl had a very grand sounding name adele windsor and judy was hurt when edith williams demanded if adele was related to the widow of windsor adele was certainly very handsome tall with a beautiful figure dark eyes and hair more red than brown she dresses with artful simplicity margaret had remarked but hardly a girl in college had handsomer clothes than adele windsor nobody could cast aspirations against her intelligence either she had entered the junior class of wellington as a special which was pretty good work in the opinions of our girls if any name could be given to the objections they all secretly felt for judy's new friend it was that she was so excessively modern she was a product of new york city and so thoroughly up to date was this bewildering young person regarding topics of the day from fashions and beauty remedies to international politics that she fairly took the breath away even of such advanced persons as margaret wakefield adele now followed judy into the room and molly shaking back the hair from her face bowed and smiled politely nance was not so cordial in the greeting she had already prophesied what the history of judy's friendship with this girl would be judy will get terribly intimate and then awfully bored i know her of old you're right in the fashion miss brown observed adele taking a seat near molly and regarding her hair with admiration that's the first time anybody ever said such a thing about me exclaimed molly with a laugh i'm usually three years behind now you couldn't mean this gray kimono could you or maybe it's my pumps she added i know low heels are coming back again thrusting out one of her long narrow feet she looked at it quizzically no no it's your hair replied adele red hair is the fashion now you'll see it everywhere 
at the theatres in society at the opera you mean everywhere in new york corrected nance adele smiled showing a row of even white teeth she was really very handsome well isn't new york the hub of the world put in judy no answered nance firmly boston and san francisco and chicago and st louis are just as much hubs as new york to say nothing of the smaller cities any place with telegraph wires and competent people at both ends can keep up with the times nowadays yes but what about the theatres and operas judy began hotly and clothes added adele softly with a quick glance at molly's old blue suit which had been well brushed and cleaned that morning and hung on the back of a chair to dry molly had not even noticed the glance she was looking across the campus in the direction of the infirmary and at the same time forming a resolution to go over and inquire for professor green as soon as she could arrange her tumbled hair but nance had caught the slightly contemptuous expression in adele's eyes and resented it with warm loyalty i don't see what clothes have to do with it she asserted because in new york people look at one's clothes before they look at one's face it doesn't follow that they are more advanced than people in other places new york only shows one how to improve one's clothes and one's face put in adele calmly nance felt somehow reproved by this elegant cold-blooded creature whom judy had thrust upon them and now judy must needs take a flying leap into the discussion nance you are behind the times she cried there is no excuse now for women to be badly dressed or plain even poor people can dress in taste and there are ways for improving looks so that the most ordinary face can be beautified can you make little eyes big demanded nance don't be silly said judy and it looked for a moment as if a quarrel were about to be precipitated between the friends when molly glancing at adele windsor began to laugh and all this because somebody said red hair was the fashion she said but she had an uncomfortable feeling that adele was fond of starting a fight in order to look on and see the fun and she wished in her heart that her beloved judy had not taken up with such a dangerous young woman she now tactfully changed the subject to the theatre adele had signed photographs of almost all the actors and actresses in the country and could give interesting bits of personal history about many of them having launched the company on this safe topic molly seized the old blue suit and departed into her bedroom judy and presently nance also were soon absorbed in an account of miss windsor's visit at the home of a famous actress molly indeed was careful to leave her door open a crack in order not to miss a word after all it was fun to live at the hub as judy called it 
and know great people and see the best plays and hear all the best music but this stunning metropolitan person did make one feel dreadfully provincial and shabby she wondered if adele had noticed the shabby dress molly sighed i don't think clothes would interfere so much with my good times she thought if only i didn't love them so then she resolutely pinned on the soft blue felt which at least was new if not expensive slipped on her jacket and returned to the next room i'll see you at dinner girls she said good-bye miss windsor i'm going to dinner with adele at beta phi announced judy adele occupied what the girls now call the hoodoo suite at beta phi this was none other than judith blunt's old apartment afterwards sublet to the unfortunate millicent porter shall nance and i call by for you on the way to vespers then asked molly i'm not going to vespers you don't mind do you molly ever since they had been at college the three girls had kept their engagement for vespers on sunday afternoons they had actually been known to refuse other invitations in order to keep this friendly compact and judy was breaking away from what had come to be an established custom of course it was just this once and absurd to feel disappointed only molly glancing over judy's head at adele standing by the window had caught a glint of triumph in her eyes what was she after anyway did she wish to wean the temptuous judy from her old friends the girls exchanged a quick meaningful look we'll miss you judy said molly and went into the corridor closing the door softly behind her hardly had she reached the head of the staircase when judy came tearing after her you aren't angry with me molly dearest she cried adele and i have a wonderful scheme on hand i'll tell you what it is some day don't you think she's perfectly fine so handsome so clever yes indeed answered molly trying to be truthful i hope you'll have a beautiful time judy but we'll miss you just the same especially on the walk afterwards had you forgotten about the walk oh dear molly you are hurt ejaculated judy who couldn't bear to be in anybody's black books yet nevertheless desired to have her own way i'm not indeed judy we can't tie ourselves to sunday afternoon engagements nance and i wouldn't have you feel that way for anything the stormy judy calmed by these assuring words returned to her rooms while molly hurried downstairs and across the campus towards the infirmary a number of people had gathered at the door of the hospital dr mclean's buggy and a doctor's motor car waited outside there was an ominous look about the picture that filled molly with dark forebodings most of the people in the group at the door were members of the faculty miss pomeroy miss bowles and the professor of french literature 
they were talking in low voices dodo green and andy mclean leaned against the wall of the house their hands thrust deep in their pockets their faces the very picture of dejection molly began to run he's dead a voice cried in her heart oh dodo she exclaimed to the professor's young brother who had run out to meet her please tell me quickly what has happened the old boys had a tough time miss molly said dodo struggling hard to keep his voice from breaking he had one of those infernal sinking spells about ten this morning it was his heart they say it's been something awful just a fight to keep him alive but he's come through it the doctor from exmoor came over to help andy's father dodo paused and gulped back his tears and molly did not dare trust herself to speak let's walk a little way down the avenue he said presently i feel all bowled over from anxiety and waiting around so long i know i know poor dodo said molly sympathetically but he'll get well now i'm sure of it the doctor said his fine constitution would carry him along the doctor was thinking of what edwin used to be say a year ago the old boy has been overworking the truth is he added in a burst of confidence he's got into debt somehow borrowed money on prospects that didn't materialize or something instantly the thought of the comic opera came into molly's head and he worked all summer without taking any vacation night and day grace was abroad or she never would have allowed it he just weakened his constitution until he was ready to take any disease that happened to be floating around it was a great relief to dodo's pent-up feelings to talk and he now poured out his troubles to listening sympathetic molly grace and i don't know what he wanted to use the money for maybe it was for the opera no i know for a fact it wasn't that infernal old opera though writing it was one of those things that pulled him down but the debt's all paid now and the good old boy is lying at death's door as a result by the way he added drawing a key from his pocket sister wants me to get something out of edwin's office on the cloisters will you come with me miss molly there are such a lot of girls always in the court on sunday i only wish i could do more for you dodo answered molly as the two young people hastened across the campus i guess you know as much about the old boy's office as i do miss molly said dodo opening the study door i'm glad you came along to help me find what i am looking for what are you looking for did you ever see a blue paper weight on his desk oh yes lots of times well that's just what he wants he's got a sort of delirious notion in his poor old head that he'd like that blue paperweight it's enough to make a strong man shed tears and he's so weak he couldn't pick up a straw 
Alice Fern brought it to him from Italy. Oh, said Molly. They found the blue paperweight in one of the drawers of the desk, and Dodo thrust it into his pocket. There was a strong smell of overripe apples in the office, and Molly presently discovered two disintegrated wine saps in the Japanese basket on the table. We'd better take these, she said, seizing one in each hand and following Dodo into the corridor. The young people parted in the arcade, and Molly went into the library and hid herself in one of the deep window embrasures with a book she only pretended to be reading. That afternoon the Reverend Gustavus Larson repeated the prayers for the sick and molly in a far back pew hoped that nance could not see the tears that trickled down her cheeks End of chapter two